listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Nikki, Joel, and Kyrie, we're here until midnight. Then the Sports Center all night, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I'm in such a really, really good mood tonight. At the bottom of the hour, of course, we'll be joined by Christy Ackert of the Daily News. She'll talk about the Yankees and all the things that they are doing and getting ready for the shortened season. But today, as a Met fan, it was, for me, the first streamed simulation game. <sighs> Ioannis Cespedes. Two-run home run today. Ah, yes. And then Peter Alonso, double to deep left field. So as I'm looking at this lineup, now once again, before you anti-Med fans say, okay, but what about the bullpen? Let me let me enjoy my smile for a moment, okay? Can, can I have my smile for a moment before you start giving me problems? Before you start telling me that, you know, <laughs> the home run was, was given off was off of Seth Lugo before you tell me that please let me just enjoy the fact that this lineup has the possibilities of doing something really special offensively that if Cespedes can stay healthy I know I'm even I'm smiling if Cespedes can stay healthy during these 60 games and hopefully into the postseason. Just think of the protection that he provides Peter Alonso in that lineup. Think of the protection. Think of the, if he hits, they'll help each other out. So just that idea was pretty good. Obviously, I'm looking for a big season from Jeff McNeil as well. Now, we'll talk more Mets tomorrow night when Rich Catino joins us as we get ready. We're three weeks away from the, well, two weeks away from the start of the season. Isn't it weird that next year's, next season's schedule is already out? I, please, can we hopefully get through this season first before you tell me about what's happening next season? April 1st, when it's starting, October 3rd? I, I, please, let me get through this one. Let me see if they actually start this one first before we start worrying about what's going to happen next season. But for that for for that offense today and listen, it wasn't like it was a 12 nothing game. But still, when you're looking for positives, that's what you like. And offensively, I was happy with that. Of course, I am still have one eye on what's happening with the Met ownership situation since Cohen is back in, apparently. So I'm still, so things are looking a little better. And uh, Jacob DeGrom, back-to-back Cy Young Award winner, right now the best pitcher in baseball, uh, had a very good game today. As a matter of fact, that leads us to our Twitter poll question. At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Which pitcher will have more wins in 2020? Will it be Garrett Cole, or will it be Jacob DeGrom? Which pitcher will have more wins in 2020? At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, and of course, at 1-800-919-3776. Get to your calls in a second. 
So there's going to be little changes and little adjustments this season that I'm really going to be interested in watching from the pitchers. And we kind of saw some of it with Garrett Cole the other day, right? This whole thing of, and we know that pitchers love certain feel of a baseball. All baseballs don't feel the same. Some pitchers like something, others like something else. It's different. And so the idea of tossing the ball out, if too many people handle it, which is what's going to happen this season if they play, is one of the changes in Major League Baseball. And you saw that Garrett Cole early in the week didn't like the baseball. He had a baseball he liked. They threw it around the infield, throwing it around the horn after strikeout like they always do. That's what they've always done in baseball. But since too many people touched the baseball, they threw it out. Now, he wanted to change the baseball. Now, I don't know if why he couldn't have asked for another baseball. I don't know. They just didn't give it to him. And, of course, the next pitch, Miguel Andujar went opposite field yard. And he was shaking his head, mumbling. I like that baseball. But every pitcher has a certain feel to the ball that they like. And especially if you've been successful with it, if you've been getting out, you don't want to see that baseball tossed out of play. You really don't. You want to keep it going. It's psychological to you, but it's got a great feel. It, it, it feels great. And so I'm curious, these little idiosyncrasies that pitchers have, that players have overall, no matter what the sport is, but especially pitchers, how is that going to throw them quote unquote, to make sure that they're able to maintain their focus, to maintain staying on their game. That's going to be interesting to me to watch this, this season. Also long relief and short relief. I'm interested to see how those pitches are going to adjust with all the little things that they do with, you know, bringing this little wet rag to the mound because you know, they can't touch the rosin bag and it's their own particular rag that they bring. And when they leave the mound, they pick the, they take their rag and they leave. <laughs> so is that going to be a difference? Is it going to make a difference? I don't know. But I'm curious because in talking with pitchers as I have over the years, it is so interesting to hear them talk about that chess match that is between them and the batter and how important the catcher is in that, in helping them figure out what pitch, what location, how to set them up for not at, not only this at bat, but for and at bat later in the game, maybe two or three innings later. Mentally, that's the chess game, and pitchers love it. They talk about it, they enjoy it, they hope to dominate it <laughs> because that's what keys in on their success. And it is a battle of trying to outthink the hitter, right? It's real simple. They want to try to outthink the hitter. So their goal, obviously, is to get the batter out. But to get the batter out on their pitch, right? And so you'll see them set them up, set them high or inside or low in the way or whatever it is. And so that's what I think Garrett Cole does extremely well. You watched him last season with Houston. He, you know, he really knows how to set up batters. 
And I think Jacob deGrom does the same thing. So I think that's why you look at them and you look at those two guys as two of the elite pitchers in Major League Baseball. And especially, as I mentioned, Jacob deGrom, two-time Cy Young Award winner, back-to-back. Can he make it three in a row? That would be interesting. That would be great. For deGrom and watching him, he is just so effortless in the motion. Everything is great. Everything just works perfectly. It just seems like, right, that he is on top of the batters. The ball has great movement. And even when he tells you, well, it's not great, it, it's it's good enough <laughs> for him to be successful. And what I'm hoping this season is that with the run support that I documented earlier, that I think this Met club is capable of, that hopefully it'll be enough so when he has to turn to the bullpen, and by the way, Edwin Diaz got the save today. Give a little scary moment, but look, listen, there's only there was only one Mariano Rivera, right? <laughs> there was only one guy who came in, did his job, you know, came in into Sandman, did his job, and walked off. Done. Effortless. That, that he was the only one to do it. That's why he's the greatest reliever of all time. But if this is the if the Met offense is able to do what they what they I think they can do, this is going to be this could be a really really good year for Jacob Degrom. And remember, he's probably only going to have what maybe 10, 11, 12 starts for the season. So you have to really feel good when he's on the mound because of his stuff, which is oh so good. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Which pitcher will have more wins in 2020, Garrett Cole or Jacob deGrom? Hmm. 61% of you think Garrett Cole. 38% think Jacob deGrom. At the Radio Joel says, since we're talking strictly wins, no question is cold. If we start talking K's, ERA, war, etc., then we'd have a real debate and a closer race. Okay. All right. So, interesting. See what uh, Christy Ackert has to say about this. We'll get her to weigh in as she joins us here. Outstanding writer for the Daily News, covers the Yankees mostly, but she's got her eyes on all of baseball. Hey, Christy, how are you? I'm good, Larry. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. So, how are those sim games going, huh? That Zoom, uh, the Zoom conferences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, there's uh, it's all new and all interesting, I guess. Um, you know, there's a reason they play other teams in spring training, and um, it'll be interesting when they finally get to that point. It's you know, it's hard to, to tell anything right now. Yeah, it's like football practice. It's like football in training camp where you've got these inter-squad games and they're beating up on each other. It's like, can we finally get to some preseason games so we can see what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now the pitchers are so far ahead of the hitters, it's not even funny to watch. You, you, I mean, you can't tell where anybody is. You know, they really are. I mean, there's some bad swings I've seen looking oh, at, yeah. at, at, the, at the Yankees uh, sim game over the past couple of days. But I will say this. Miguel Andujar has got some, some people turning their heads again. And I, 
Uh, obviously, not a good day for him today in right field. But I thought he's done a decent job as they moved him around for different positions, Christy. I mean, he's at the. I don't know that. I know they're moving him around so they could possibly trade him. But listen, with the injury situation that Giancarlo Stanton has had with this club, I'd keep him around just to be a DH. You know, I would think you'd have to give them a lot to get Mike Miguel Andujar because that bat is really good. I mean, he's got a really fast bat. He knows how to hit. Um, you don't give up on that. He's only 24 years old, I believe. So um, he looks better in left field than he has in right uh, so far. Um, and today, no, it wasn't a great day. I think he lost the one in in the sun. And that's something he hasn't really had to deal with that much yet out mm-hmm. there. Um, so, you know, I, I, they're going to give him every chance that he can to play. They're going to look for ways to get his bat in the lineup because that's a really good at bat. I mean, we forget two years ago he was a runner-up to Rookie of the Year. Yeah, should have gotten it. Uh, yes, it. I, agree. I agree with you that, yeah, he should have. Yeah. So do you think first base is going to be a spot for him? I mean, I know Luke Voigt. I saw an interview with him. He's slimmer and meaner and ready to go. But um, <laughs> do, do you think that that's a, a spot for him along with – I mean, I know Mike Ford is there too, but still. Uh, you know, he played – I saw him play first once in spring training, and that was kind of um, the least instinctive position I've seen him play. Wow. He just seemed to have no feel for it. Um, I mean, the thing I will say about Andahar that has impressed me since I first started coming over, the kid works really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always seen him taking reps, defensive reps, every day. Um, he was out there again today working at third base. But first base, he just he, it's not natural for him. It, maybe down the line. I mean, they're, they're trying to keep working with him at that point there. But um, that would be the last place I'd put him right now. So, <laughs> so Christy, what is going to happen to Clint Frazier? I mean, we, you know, he's the guy that everybody, you know, we keep hearing about his quick hands and, you know, great talent. And he's not, he, he's not exactly a gold glove outfielder either, but, but mm. you know, what, what happens to him? How does he fit into this puzzle of, of deep personnel that the Yankees have? Right now, he doesn't fit in. I mean, quite honestly, if you have a, a healthy outfield, if you if you have Judge healthy and you have, um, you know, Andahar, you want to get in there. You have Hicks, you have Brett Gardner, and if Stanton can play outfield, you know, Clint Frazier's on that taxi squad down in Scranton. Um, I mean, you've even got Mike Talkman, who's just, he's an excellent defensive outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Frazier came up last year and the bat played early on. Um, what con- would concern me for the Yankees is it didn't play when he came up later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's not, this isn't a team that needs a DH. He hasn't proven he can be a DH. Um, you know, <laughs> one thing that you might consider is, um, you know, national team league teams need some DHs now. So maybe, Maybe that works out for him. He he's he's not very good in the outfield. It this is a big you know this would have been a big year for him if it was a full season, but he he still has a lot to prove. Christy, this is probably a weird situation for the Yankees in, in, in the time, that, especially in the time that you've covered them. But when you look, 
I don't see that they need to trade for anything. They finally got their ace. <laughs> They're deep all over the place. I mean, I, August 31st, they might do nothing for a change. <laughs> Wouldn't that be interesting? Um, I actually don't think you're going to see much action on this trade deadline because are you really going to give up prospects for a rental for a month? You know, I mean, in this season, I, I think you're going to see a lot of teams just holds at the deadline. Um, but no, the Yankees are, are pretty, you know, and being healthy for once, yeah. um, you know, if, if they can stay healthy, they're in a good spot. I mean, last year they probably developed, you know, a lot more of a solid team for this season, you know, heading in with an Urshela, um, you know, their bullpen is stacked. They're really not in a position where they need anything. It's weird um, because I would have thought that Jay Happ was done with this club. And, you know, they don't make a move for him. And then, you know, injuries in the starting rotation. And he's going to be – look. he's looking at what? Your third starter in this rotation now. Yeah. I mean, he would be the third or fourth starter depending on Tanaka being healthy. But, you know, he worked – Jay Happ is in like most, you know, this most professional athletes have a lot of pride. Mm -hmm. And last year, you know, he was not, he was very unhappy, whether it was the ball or whatever. He was very unhappy. He was unhappy to hear his name in trade rumors. He was unhappy to see the way he was discussed this year. And, you know, he lives down in Clearwater in the off season. He spent a lot of time going over to the, to the Yankees ball, you know, um, spring training complex working with video, redoing his delivery. Um, it's a little more of getting himself more in line on the mound in terms of towards the, um, towards home plate. And he looks good. I mean, you know, he's, he's looked very good. Um, he looked great when before spring training got, you know, suspended. So, you know, I, I think, He's a very smart man. He's a smart pitcher. I, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to figure something out. Yeah, he, he I tell you, a uh, veteran guy like that, lefty, you always give him a little extra work. You always give him a little extra chance. And, and I think he's, mm -hmm. an experienced left-hander is invaluable. You know, it, it's invaluable, especially in this short season, Christy, as, as you've spoken to the players, how are they, how are they mentally looking at, at coming up? This is weird. 60 games in 60 days is, uh, 67 days is, that, that, that's not the marathon that we're used to seeing. No, it's a sprint. And I, I think they're all, you know, I, I think they're all over, a little overwhelmed by being back and in the situation it is because it is a little strange. You know, I mean, we saw relievers running in tonight with their little backpacks because they have to bring their own stuff in. Um, I think they're just looking at it like, okay, this is going to be a different season. Let's see how it goes. I mean, they all know that they don't have a lot of time to get themselves right. You can't have long slumps. You can't get off to a bad start. So, um, you know, they're kind of looking at it that way. They're looking at it as it's, as if you're in, you know, a pennant race at the end of the season. Christy Acker, who covers the Yankees and baseball for the Daily News, is my guest. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Christy, how confident are the players that you speak to about uh, all things going going along with this coronavirus, the testing, the, 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 the taking their temperature, all this thing, the travel, all this uh, this new normal? Um, they sound a little more confident in the last, day or two than they did initially 
uh, I, I think a lot of players came into this like, okay, let's wait and see how this goes. Um, the Yankees have had, you know, a fairly easy time of it. They, I think they had one day where the testers didn't show up, but the teams do have the kits. They can do the saliva tests with their training staff. And uh, tonight, Zach Britton, who is the union rep for the Yankees, said that, you know, they've had their results on time. They're happy with the way it's going. Um, and so far, okay, so now they've gotten through that obstacle, and, and let's, you know, kind of see where we go from there. Traveling is going to be the next step. So I think it's a kind of wait and see. You know, a lot of these guys have young families. A lot of them are here without their families because, you know, they didn't want to bring kids and, and wives into the situation. So it, it's going to be kind of a wait and see the whole season, I think. Before I talk to you about the uh, article you wrote today about uh, fake fans in the stands, <laughs> uh, I, I want to get your thoughts. Everybody's talking about injuries, obviously. Yankee team, as you mentioned earlier, suffered a bunch of them last year. A lot of folks are talking about, you know, this is the year we need to see if Aaron Judge can stay healthy. We need to see if he can give them a full season. I understand that thought process, but you know what? Gary Sanchez needs to have a full season too, Christy. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is everybody talks about how the Yankees needed Garrett Cole to get over the hump to get to the World Series. Well, it wasn't their pitching that cost them last year. It was the fact that their sluggers went quiet. Um, you know, Gary Sanchez has had injuries. He has had long slumps. Um, you know, these are this is what's going to be a big year for him, for Judge. Um, it would have been a big year for Hicks to prove he could stay healthy, too. Um, yeah, I mean, this core of this young team still has a lot to prove. They've been on the edge a lot of times. They have to prove that they can do it. And this uh, big year, too, I think, for Gleyber Torres moving over to second base. It's a shortstop. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry, the shortstop, yeah. That's okay, yeah. Very much so. Uh, he did not look good in spring training there at all. Um, mm. He's, he, you know, before last season, he put on some muscle um, to, he wanted to hit for more power. That doesn't always necessarily translate well into vertical, you know, mobility. Um, and he looked, he was, he looked a little slow. In spring training, when he was moving around at short, um, I will say today he was out there working on his footwork again uh, before practice, you know, individual drills with um, Carlos Mendoza, the infield coach. You know, they gambled. Um, they could have probably gotten Didi Gregorius on a one-year deal. They decided that Glaber Torres could do it. Um, that's, that's an area that they really gambled on. Yeah, and and you know, it's listen. Didi, Didi was a was a favorite in that clubhouse, and that's going to be interesting with him and Joe Girardi coming back here, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, we talked to Joe uh, yesterday on a Zoom call, of course, and um, you know, it's funny because I, I didn't cover Joe Girardi, and I had heard that he was very stoic and, and didn't talk very. He was very talkative. Um, you know, he he was excited about coming back and. It'll be interesting. You know, it's not only are they coming back this year, I guess they're going to be back next year, too. Yeah. Oh, Christy, he was stoic. <laughs> I, you know, I've heard the stories, and it's very funny. I watched the Zoom call. I'm like, what are these people talking about? He was fine. 
Christy, you'll appreciate this. After a tough Yankee loss, you know when we're upstairs and we're ready to go down, he uh-huh. would be waiting <laughs> in, the, in the media room by the time we got downstairs. He had to get the chore the over with. Yeah, tapping the table yeah. like this. All right, let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, well, I believe me, I've known the type. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, Christy, tell me about the, this this crowd noise being pumped into the stadium. Are they going to have heads in there too, like like the Oakland A's are talking about doing? I, I haven't heard that part of it, but I mean, you know, Zach Britton pitched in that uh, Orioles White Sox game um, when they didn't have fans. It was during mm-hmm. the time there were riots in Baltimore, and um, he said it was very strange because he could hear the announcer calling his pitches, you know, as he's on the mound. And he's just like, it was awful. So he was he was one of the ones who was saying he would be for it. Um, you know, Kyle Agashioka said the first inter-squad game they played, that it was um, like an abyss, like, a, you know, mm-hmm. a void of sound. And so they've been playing music on the field. It is very strange to be in the ballpark, I will say that. I mean, I, I we're not down on the field now. Um but at Yankee Stadium over the weekend, you know, you're hearing firecrackers go off outside the stadium. You're hearing sirens. You're hearing, you know, engines revving, which is just, it's very bizarre. And, you know, it is, baseball players are creatures of habit. Uh, you know, even we are. And it, mm-hmm. I, I think that might end, lend some normalcy to what is a very, very abnormal situation. Speaking of that, you miss uh, hanging around the old clubhouse two or three hours before, Christy, rolling in there trying to look for a story and talk to somebody in a one-on-one situation to get a, you know, a, a article or a uh, feature you're working on? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> they call me weird. Um, but that's what I liked about covering baseball the most is that, you know, I started out and I wasn't a real, you know, team hat. So I would use that time basically to go to talk to guys and learn a lot about baseball. And that's one of the things I really like about covering baseball is that you can, you could go in there and you could talk to guys and be like, I'm sorry, were you throwing your change up in this situation? And why, you know, Mm. and, and that's one of the great things about covering baseball is generally when you're around a team like that, you do get guys that you can have conversations about what's going on. And I miss that. I do. I mean, you know, the one thing about baseball and, and covering baseball is you develop a lot of relationships. Yep. We see these guys basically from February to October, almost every day. Um, and you see them, you know, twice a day, usually for a couple hours, you, you know, it's very weird to be so far removed now. Yeah. I hear you. All right, Christy, uh, which pitcher will have more wins in 2020? That's my Twitter poll question tonight. Will it be Garrett Cole or will it be Jacob DeGrom? What side are you on? Ooh, it's, I mean, it's a great debate. I hope they get to face each other this year. It would be nice. Um, I, I, I can't remember. I covered Jacob for quite a few years, and I should remember. Uh, Garrett Cole has never been a great – well, didn't have a great start to last year, so I'm hoping maybe that that will right itself. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, just to keep peace, Garrett Cole. Okay, well, you're you're with the fifty seven percent of everybody else, so he's got fifty seven percent, and uh, Degrom's got forty two percent. So I got a lot of Yankee fans listening. <laughs> well, that's that's good for you then, Christy. Thanks for a couple of minutes. We'll talk soon. Stay safe. Thanks for having me on. You too. Right, you Bye. got it. Bye bye. 
You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Evan is in Carmel. Evan, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing? All right, Evan, what's up? Hey, so um, me and my friends, we were having a discussion. Do you think if the Rockets added prime Shaquille O'Neal through their roster that they would win the championship this year, the way the league is constructed? Uh, is Harden going to pass him the ball, Evan? <laughs> is, Harden, is Harden and Westbrook going to give him the ball? What if do you, you think? Uh, I think it depends because if you add Shaq there, it changes the whole system. It changes the whole it team. It does. Yeah, I know. What I think would happen is D'Antoni would get crafty. He would run the pick and roll with Westbrook and Shaq. And if then, it's all right, so yep. Evan, I'll tell you, I'll answer it this way. If it's Shaq in Miami, who did a better job getting up and down the floor in transition than he did in uh, L.A.? Uh, Wait, or Orlando. Yeah, I, I, if, he, if, if it's the Orlando Shaq, I think he would, he would run along with them a little bit more than what he did in uh, L.A. With, with Kobe. But listen, he was able to win with Kobe. And, uh, you know, even even he joked in, in the movies, pass the ball, Kobe. So, you know, <laughs> he's used to play with folks that didn't give him the ball. But I just think, I I think, I'll put it this way. He would have, it would give them a better opportunity than I think it gives them this time. Because I just don't see them, uh, Evan, and thanks for the phone call. I don't see them having that consistent third scorer that they would need to go further in the postseason. I think they'll do well with Harden and and Westbrook. I think Westbrook helps Harden a lot. Uh, I'm waiting to see if James Harden is going to have the the postseason that I expect that he will have, that that I I expect that he could have. He hasn't been able to do it yet. Uh, but you know, listen. I think with Westbrook, he gives them a better opportunity. And I think, yeah, if if they can find a way where D'Antoni can convince uh, Westbrook and Harden to give up a couple of their touches, yeah, I think he gives them a good shot. I think it would give them a really good shot. I do. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Updating our Twitter poll question. Which pitcher will have more wins in 2020? Will it be Cole or DeGrom? 58% of you say Cole. 42% of you say Jacob DeGrom. And um, a couple more folks weighing in on Twitter. And, you know, pretty much everybody is is leaning towards Cole because of the season he had last year. And listen, 20 and 5 is dominant. There's no question about it. And so I, I understand, but you know what? I just think that the Jacob DeGrom has proven that he's a really good pitcher as well. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's able to do with this Met team this year, especially if they can get that lineup squared away the way I hope they can get it squared away. I think he gives them a great opportunity uh, to do some things and, uh, you know, to give him some extra wins because, you know, I, what I'm trying to do as a Met fan, 
is to be cautiously optimistic about the bullpen. But if I can get the starters, as I said, to go deep, (laughs) all right, if I can get them to go deeper than they've done in the past, then I will be very, very happy. Now, clearly, I understand it's going to be a tough job without Noah Syndergaard. I do for the starting rotation. I do. But I think Marcus Stroman in a walk year for him can be big. And I'm looking for him to uh, pitch better. And he did not pitch badly, but I think he can give you more. I think he can pitch better. Uh, The young man from Medford uh, on the island. Um, Here's the person I'm really interested in, and I'm not sure what to get from him, and that's Rick Porcello. I'm not sure what Rick has left. I'm not sure what he brings to the table now um, after being with the Red Sox. I'm hoping that he'll bring something more. I'm hoping that he can recover what he did when he was with the Red Sox. I'm hoping that, but I'm not sure. The big person for me that I'm really, really looking for and hoping he has a big year is Steven Matz. Because I think Matz is a guy who's primed to have a big season. Showed you some things as a starter, showed you a couple of things in relief. I think he is primed and ready to give you some big numbers this year. I really hope so. I really do. And the thing with him was he had that one bad inning syndrome. He got off to, he would have bad starts and couldn't recover quick enough. And that was his big issue last season. So I'm hoping that this season he's learned from that and he'll be able to come back to the Steven match that we saw when he first came up, who was a guy who was ahead of batters, a guy who kept hitters off balance. That's who Steven Matz has to be. So if I can get him squared away, get Stanton, obviously DeGrom, I'm looking for a Cy Young Award effort again from him. I think I can mix and match enough that I can, you know, do some damage. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.